The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome, boys and girls, to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across me is the one, the only, Tammy, the underdog, Underwood. All right, we're going to jump right into the call that we got today on April 8th from Keith Jasperson. King now. Hey, good morning, morning. Keith. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fine. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm okay, man. I was raining cats and dogs yesterday in Halen. Jesus Christ, like the freaking sky opened up. Well, that's what happens when you're out there trucking up and down the highway. Oh, yeah. It started off fine, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, is God pissed off? What the fuck's going on here? Well, at least you're doing it. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> out there right now. <laughs> yeah, a lot well, of people are probably glad that I'm not out there right now. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. All right, yeah. so we're waiting for so, Tammy to get back from the washer and the dryer because she's doing her laundry at my house. This is great. Well, there's something I wanted to catch up on. See, this is, uh, um, now, did we talk about gene trip trucking? I don't think we talked about gene trip trucking. That was the uh, the one where I had this, uh, had to fly down to Yuma, Arizona, pick up a truck. I, God, that sounds familiar, but... Gene trip well, yeah, sound. anyway, so I'll just reiterate this thing, because in 1992, uh, remember I told you about, uh, uh, you know, get the boss, had the boss pick up a trampoline for my kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I made that delivery anyway, but that's, I was driving for A&G Trucking out of Yakima. Now, A&G Trucking stands for Anthony and Gina Silva. And they own Peterbilt trucks, you know, cat, uh, conventionals, and we're hauling reefers. And uh, they are located in the Wiley City area of, of the Yakima Valley, which is west of Yakima, uh, straight uh, straight west of Union Gap. I don't know if you know where that is. But. Oh yeah, no, I don't know. I know exactly where that is. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I was uh, I was hauling for them, and uh, in, in the uh, early of 1993. Uh, they decided that because of taxes um, they owed and this and that, that they were going to go do a name change to the company, and they were going to go to uh, Pacific North Trucking. Oh, okay. And in the in the process of changing their name, um, I had it like a, a two weeks off, but I had to call in every day. And I, I I took a, a I went down to Portland, saw a girlfriend down there. I saw it uh, for a while, then I came back to Yakima. But um, I'd call in. And I'd say, uh, you know, what's going on? And well, they uh, I, I got a hold of dispatch one day, and they said, hey, we need a driver to fly down to Yuma, Arizona, to bring a truck back. But apparently, we have a driver down there that's sick. Now, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that story. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you you have that. Yeah. Right. 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 Now. Okay. Now. Now yeah. that sounds familiar. Yeah. So I draw. You know, my dad picked me up, and, and I got down. And he wasn't sick. He was overloaded. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. He was overweight. That wasn't Scott. like overweight <laughs> truck, and and he didn't want to move, and, and he was supposed to be a, a big truck, big big bad truck driver, right? But he didn't know how to do that. But anyway. Um, 
that was in 1993. That was like early 1993. Then right after Pacific North, um, we had another name change where we all went and leased on with Ranger Transportation out of Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, it had to do with taxes. It had to do with uh, the trucking company was, you know, they had to sell off some equipment to pay bills and different things like that. Well, when I went to when I went to Ranger Transportation, I was in the process of purchasing the truck I was driving as a lease option, and that's what I was doing. I was driving for them, and I I met a lot of different. I, I met my last victim, Julie Winningham, while I was driving for my own truck that spring, and we'll get into that later on on that. But uh, I just wanted to catch up on this, um, and then. At the end of 1993, or the very start of 1994, uh, we went. I gave that truck back, and I went to driving for Systems of Spokane. But before I did, I went to you know. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, I guess. But uh, I, I was driving, you know, like say for Ranger Transportation and. Uh, in, in May of 93, that's when I had my fifth victim. That was up there. That was uh, this Patricia Skipple case. Right, right, right. And, of course, you know, a lot of people wonder why am I, you know, now I killed her because I was just, it was like it was like my fourth victim where she was sitting there complaining about the rain outside, just like you were complaining about the hail yesterday. And she didn't really want to be out there, and, and so... You know, a lot of guys think, or people think, uh, playing God, that, that I was deciding life and death for the people around me. And I guess that's probably true. And, you know, it's like you kill them all and let God sort them out when they get up there. Kind of right. a thing. <laughs> Isn't that the Marine Corps uh, saying? <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. It's one of those, one of those things where you, yeah, you kill them all like let God sort them out. But, uh, yeah, I... My, my mindset really was like, you know, I'm going to help them out. You know, they don't want to be there. I'll just kill them and move on. Uh, in the my fifth one here, uh, she wanted to stay out of the rain. Uh, now, I don't know if she had a sister for sure. I mean, I imagine they could they could follow up on this and uh, and find out from their family, you know, they have, now that they know who she is and find out if the family uh, had a sister in 1993, living in Sacramento, California. I don't know for sure if that was that was her story, and, and uh, she had said that she had, you know, uh, stolen from her sister the, the little time before. That was probably one of the reasons why I decided to kill her and, and just move on, because I thought that maybe her sister didn't need her anymore. With that kind of an issue. It's really hard to understand the way I was thinking back 30 years ago. But after you know, killing one here, one there, another one there, and then, and my the trigger for death didn't come on. You know, it, 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 each one is different. It just uh, as they kind of like float in into my life, and that's just kind of like how things worked out. It's just kind of crazy. So in 1994, before you know, I quit um, Ranger and. April, I think it was like in April. I I contacted my brother and we were talking about the finances. And I I asked him. I said, after a year driving this damn thing up and down the road, 
where do we sit here on money? And he told me that I was about $6,000 in the rears. And I asked him, well, what do you think I should do? I mean, seriously, um, he said either get good, pay, better paying loads or pull the plug. And I said, well, what would you do? And he said, pull the plug, because this, this ain't happening. The freight at that time wasn't paying the bills. So, and I had, I didn't just have a truck payment. I also had, you know, I had uh, child support payments, and I had to catch up on child support payments. And everything was, was just accumulating, and there wasn't enough money to go around. So we pulled the plug, and I had... Uh, I left, I went down to Newburgh, Oregon, and that's where I met up with my friend Jerry Day, Jerome Day, and he was, and I tried the constructions around Portland area in the early of 1994, and while I was living in Newburgh, Oregon, and while I was living, living there, that's when I was reading the newspaper and seeing, you know, just reading the Oregonian newspaper, and I thought, that why not uh, try to get those two people out of prison without turning myself in? And that's when I wrote the Happy Face letter. And that was in uh, early 1994. Now, shortly after I wrote that, and uh, I, didn't, I didn't have, my money was running out and the jobs weren't there, so I, I went back to trucking. That's when I joined Systems of Spokane. And I drove out of there. Now, we need to move on to my my number six case, which is the Florida case. That happened in August, you know, uh, late July, August of, of 1994. Now, I'd met uh, a woman in, in Mesquite. You know, I, I met a lot of women, but I met this one gal in Fallon, Nevada, named Karen Ruiz, and I dated her. And at the same time, I was dating a woman named Adrian Meyer, and she lived in Mesquite, Nevada. And uh, I was kind of like wearing myself then here. I was running, running from one to the other. You know, we have truckers where we have girlfriends in every town, right? <laughs> ah, yeah, mine, Scott. No, mine, mine's not that case because I'm deathly afraid. I'm deathly afraid of being <laughs> killed. Afraid. Well, anyway, so, People so would Karen... Say. I, I dated Karen throughout 1993 and into 1994. Um, I met you know, a, Karen was a, like a real estate secretary. And uh, did I tell you about the uh, incident in Fallon, Nevada, in uh, 1993? Yeah, the one with the uh, at the casino playing Keno. Yeah. Yeah. You oh, told yeah. Yeah. All that, the yeah. cops dragged my ass out there to say I'd stolen a hundred gallons of fuel and yeah. And in fact. I was in the casino all morning. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, you know the funny part of that was when I was out there, I always saw those cops. I'm thinking, which murder are they talk about? <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah. of course, they're after some stupid ruse of of a of hundred gallons of fuel, and, and it was all a, it was all a made up thing trying to get extort the truck driver that had Florida plates on. Gotcha. Yeah, so I'm on. I'm on other state truck drivers, so they're going after, and they would probably settle for, you know, a lump sum of money to make it go away, right. kind of thing. And that's that's how they. I'm sure that's how te- how they do that. Now, when I was driving for, uh, and I, I met this Adrian Meyer. Adrian Myers, the uh, she was a keno runner for the Oasis Casino in Mesquite, Nevada, and she later went on to be a bingo caller for the 
for the bingo parlor there at the Oasis Casino. Now, I had, I had actually worked for systems for a short time, and then I quit. And I went to Mesquite, and I went to work for a construction company for about a month and a half, and I lived with Adrian and her mother and, 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 and daughter. Now, that, now I'm having a hard time since it's like 30 years ago trying to figure out exactly when exactly I had worked for them because um, I think it was after my sixth murder. I think, I'm pretty sure it was. I think it was like September, October. I went to work for, in, in, in for the, they were building a, a new golf course for the Arnold Palmer Golf Course here in Mesquite. And the company I was working for was the one that was putting it in and they were doing the, all the building sites. And uh, while I was in, and while I was living there with Adrian, we were, in a, we were in a mobile home in a mobile home park, and I was living there with three women. Basically, I had her daughter, which was like Stephanie, which was like 12, 13 years old. Uh, Adrian was like 41, something like that. Her mother was in her 70s, and it was kind of weird because. I was sleeping on one part of the couch, Adrian's on the other, and her daughter was in the one bedroom, and her mom's in the very far bedroom. And her mother was suffering from dementia, or you know, paranoia, or whatever. Her husband had died a long time. But I remember when we first, when I first was sitting there with her in the house one day, she asked me what my intentions were with her daughter, and I was sitting there, and I said, "Well, I don't know, maybe." down the road we might get married or something like that. I'm not sure. We'll we'll discuss that at a later time. And she looked right at me and said, well, that's not going to happen. I said, well, why not? And he said, well, you're not German. You're not white enough. And I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, has she not seen you? You are very white. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> yeah, was, this is it. I mean, she, she, was, she was so caught up in the idea. Was, their family is German. You know, Myers is a very German name. And there's no way now. Now, so in other words, like I can fuck your daughter, but I can't marry her. Hmm. Kind of a thing. And that's you know that's and so I'm living there for about a month and a half with her, with them. And I wake up one morning, I'm getting a blowjob, right? And I'm yeah. like, wow, yeah, Adrian's doing a really good job on this, right? Because I just this is all new to me, right? I'm just laying. I'm like, I wake up to this. Uh, and I, re- I raised up the cover and looked down at her mother. <laughs> oh, God damn. <laughs> that yeah, Scott, I mean, this is, this, is, this is weird, you know, because Adrian's at work, and her mother's sucking me off. I'm like, huh? <laughs> now, a lot of guys would ask, well, what, did you let her finish or whatever? Said, yeah, it's her house. <laughs> I let her finish. <laughs> I wasn't going to, you know, she did what she wanted to do, and that was what she was doing. I just woke up to it. I was like, wow. So that was one of the reasons why I left the house. One of the reasons I got out of there because I'm dealing with, you know, I'm dealing with all three. You know, uh, I have the, her, their their daughter Stephanie was was flirtatious, and they were all ran around the house naked most of the time. So it's kind of a weird kind of thing, you know. Um, her her mom at night would run around with a little little nighty on, which is just damn near nothing on. And then, of course, Adrian's right. Anyway, so I spent like a month and a half there in 1994 at, at the Oasis in, in, the, in the Mesquite, Nevada. And that was my experience was uh, I wasn't going to live with three women or three girls. Um, 
because anything could happen and you don't know why it's happening. I was afraid that something could happen and, and uh, uh, I didn't want to be in that position and I just I decided enough was enough and I just got the hell out of there. Just, just, now I remember I remember her mom said one day that said I'm not who I appear to be I guess and that was she looked at me and said I was supposed to be this really nice guy that was going to help them pay their rent and everything like that and um, and not you know and kind of like go with the flow and I just you know this isn't you know this is where I really wanted to go I can't I can't marry the girl but I can fuck her all I want and then mom can come along and blow me every time she wants that kind of a thing I just thought well, that was kind of weird. That's that's fucking bizarre as hell, man. Jesus Christ, I can't even you know, absorb all that information. And I want to, you know, at the Oasis Casino. I, now I cash my paycheck at the Oasis, and then when I'm there, I'm, of course, you can't leave the place without gambling a little bit. And I met a couple of the girls that worked there, and and they're kind of they're kind of hoping that I'd go home with them. They all had they all had homes around. They all worked in the in the casino business. They didn't have men in their lives because the men were out driving trucks, I guess. I don't know, something like that. But I didn't need to get the hell out of the area. I really did. I got to a point where it was, really, it was a bad thing. But that happened in 1994. Now, I'm sure it was uh, it was, it was after my sixth murder. Uh, and I was driving. So I got, like I was driving for systems, and uh, I had a load of Treadbright going to Tampa, Florida. I drove down there and I unloaded my load there uh, first thing at like 7 o'clock in the morning and I drove over to the Unical 76 truck stop off of Highway 75. And uh, as I pulled in, there's this, I, I noticed this gal out front there with a, a, a full tote of luggage, blue Samsonite type luggage. And she was in a flower pattern dress and blonde, typical Florida, Florida girl looking and um, very nice looking actually tall about 5'10 maybe 5'9 5'10 right in there and uh, I drove in on a park I found a parking spot right next to the restaurant and I parked and then first thing I just walked out to her and there's other truckers out there grabbing onto her trying to drag her back to their truck trying to give her a ride somewhere so I walked up there and I said, where are you going? She said, um, Lake Tahoe, Nevada. And I said, well, uh, I pointed to my truck, you know, the, the system struck the flatbed, uh, the, the Copenhagen blue uh, color. And I pointed at it and I said, well, okay, I'm, I'm out of Washington State. I'm probably going to be headed in that direction pretty soon, with probably within the hour or so as soon as I get a load going where I'm going. And... Uh, if you want to get, you want to hop a ride with me, that's fine. If not, I don't give a shit. Kind of like, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna push the issue. I just pointed it and said that's it, and I turned around and walked off. When I got into the truck stop, and that's now we didn't have cell phones back there. All we had, we had to go to a booth and they had a had a phone, and we dialed our number to the boss. And the boss had nothing for me, and, and he said, "Keep calling me back in an hour." So I kept calling him back an hour. Well, about an hour and a half later. Um, I'm sitting in this booth with another guy who we're talking, and I look up, and here she is staring down on me, and she says, why aren't we leaving yet? <laughs> I'm, excuse me? <laughs> she was so, she's thinking that I was going to leave in an hour, and I mean, and she was right on there, figured that she had her luggage sitting over by my truck, 
and waiting for me to show up, and she came in there looking for me because I hadn't left yet. And uh, so I said, well, and I explained to her how trucking was. I said, my, my boss doesn't have a load for me yet, so we have to wait until he does, and when he does, then we're going to leave. So I, I bought her an iced tea, and uh, she sat down, and, and uh, I just waited. Now, about an hour or so later, uh, the boss gave me a load, and uh, I had to go to Cairo, Georgia. You know, not not Cairo, Egypt, Cairo, Georgia. And I had to pick up a load of conduit, steel conduit, going to two drops, one in Boise, Idaho, and another one in Spokane. And I told her, I said, well, okay, now, I, I've got these loads, and this is where I'm headed, so I can get you to Nevada. You know, I can actually get you right up to Nevada. I'm not going to get to Lake Tahoe, but I'll get you up to... You know, Nevada, I'll probably get you to Wells, and then I'll go straight north of Wells up into uh, uh, Twin Falls, Idaho, and up into Boise. And so uh, we went out and got in the truck, and I put got all our luggage, and I put it in there. And uh, now I had to go about 80 miles north to a, another Cal 76 truck stop. Um, systems had, uh, uh, I don't know how you fuel your truck there, Scott, but... Uh, we have Trendar. We had Trendar, which is a credit card for yeah. We got something similar. Fueling. Yeah, we got something similar. Yeah, it's just, a, but they have only specific places to to fuel up at. Oh wow! Even though I was at even though I was at a seventy six truck stop in Tampa, I couldn't fuel up there because they didn't accept the Trendar card. The one up there in eighty miles north of that did, and that's where I was going to have to go up there to to, to fuel up now. We're putting her, I was putting her luggage away. She's, she's in the truck, and she's looking around the inside of the sleeper. She sees all this room, right? All the bed and everything like that. They've got all this room where I, and she says to me, she says, uh, hey, can we run back to Miami? And uh, I got a whole bunch of stuff there I need to get to, so we can go back there and get that, and we'll go up there and make your, your, your pickup. And I said, listen, girl. I'm not have the time to drive, you know, like two or three hundred miles out of my way to go get more shit to put in this truck. I said, I've got your, uh, you're in here now. I said, we're going to go. That's it. Oh, God, she was so upset that I, I wouldn't go back to Miami and pick up the rest of her stuff. She said her name was something like Susan, Susanette or something, Su- Susan Ann or something along those lines. I think that's what it was, Susan Ann. Oh, yeah, anyway. It's a derivative of Susan, all I know. So she get, we get in the truck, we head up there, and we go to the fuel station. And when we're in the truck, I, I, I kind of catch a whiff of her. She was kind of ripe. She'd been, you know, she'd been all sweated up, hauling her damn luggage up and down the highway. And so she needed a little bit of Lysol, man. A little bit of Lysol. Yeah, well, <laughs> we got up to the, went up there, and we fueled up the truck, and. I got her a shower key, and I said, here's, you know, here's some shampoo. Go in there and take care of it, right? And then meet me in the restaurant. We'll have a bite to eat before we leave. So we went in, and we sat down. She showed up, and we were having a, uh, and I, I said, go ahead and order what you want. She ordered all-you-can-eat spaghetti, and that's what she ate. She, ate about, she was in the third plate when I said, you know, we ready to get going. Holy you cow, know? neither. She, yeah, she was on the third plate, and I was like, you know, and she was trying to offer me the part of the third plate so she could have more. I said, no, no, we're, we need to get down the road. So we get back in the truck and we head down. Now, the boss had given me the directions to the uh, 
the outfit where I had to go get. Now, I had to be there by 12 midnight, which is uh, 12 midnight uh, Eastern Standard Time. And so, yeah, so I had to be there by then. And so we had to get going. So I drove up there, and uh, I caught there just in time. It was the last truck to get loaded. I backed in underneath her. Their, their overhead crane, and we started loading. And she gets out of the truck, and she goes into a break room, and she just disappeared. I don't know. I, 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 that's where I found her. Um, I was kind of looking around for it. Anyway, I got the truck all loaded. I didn't have to tarp at this time because it's conduit. It's still conduit, and it goes underground, so no one gives a shit if it's going to get a little wet or not. So I didn't have to tarp the thing. I chained it all down. A lot of people throw straps over it. I, I don't. I, I throw straps and chains. I don't, uh, uh, I belly wrap them with chains and I, you know, and there's a lot of people don't understand how to, how to tighten loads down with a, with a, a, a some people call a boomer, um, you know, I, I just, anyway, I just, I, I snap, I, I snap them on down and, and I use a, another one behind it and I, I, I stretch the chain to get it as tight as I can. Anyway, uh, it's a tight load when I leave, and I go in and looking for her, and I, I find her in the break room. Now, when I walked in the break room, she was on the phone. It looked like she was on the phone. When I mentioned her name, all of a sudden she gave out a, she just screamed a, a blood-curling type scream, and I was like, what the hell's wrong with you, you know? And, and it startled her. As a matter of fact, I just startled her really bad, and uh, she wasn't uh, thinking that someone was going to be coming up behind her and, and uh, calling her name, right? So I don't know what, what she was running away from in Miami, but it might have been something. I don't know. Don't care. Um, so we drove back. Now, I wanted to, Now I was in, in Cairo. I didn't want to drive through all these little Tom, Dick, and Harry little towns. So I backtracked about 10 miles, 10, 15 miles, and I drove south down into Florida and picked up Highway 10, Interstate 10, so I can just get out there and just cruise. I don't want to, you know, it's a lot easier to do that than uh, driving through every little Tom, Dick, and Harry type of little town where you have to slow down to 25 miles an hour to cruise through at every little stoplight. And that's what I did. I pulled into Florida, and I, I headed west on I-10. And uh, I was headed, on, headed along, and, and it was about 2 in the morning, I guess, their time, 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, um, uh Florida time, when uh, I, I needed to use the restroom, and so I pulled into the uh, rest area, uh, which is at exit 18. Now, that rest area isn't like well, like on I-5. You drive down a rest area on I-5, you just, you just whip off of I-5 into a rest area, you come right back on. It's a, it, 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 you don't have to drive off of the highway to get it, but down in Florida you do. Most of the rest areas are, um, you follow a sign, you come off a, an exit, you come down to a stop sign, go underneath the freeway or, or turn right or go the other way, but you have to follow it, and, and it's about a quarter or half a mile away, and you finally get into the rest area. Now, the rest areas in Florida, um, they have security. They, they have security people in there all the time to make sure there's no prostitution, or panhandling going on, they just for protection. And I pulled in. I, I went on Highway 18, Exit 18, coming to the stop sign, took a left, headed south, went down to the frontage road, passed a bunch of stores, and I pulled in the rest area. 
and had to park right behind the security vehicle. And I got out, used the restroom, and I came back, and uh, I, I she was asleep right there. And I thought, well, I better I better wake her up and have her use the restroom too because I was going to keep going. I was just going to keep on down the highway. And I sat on the bed, and when I sat on her bed, she popped up her head, and she started screaming. And I was like, I need you to be quiet. You know, I told her, and then the more I told her to be quiet, the more she screamed. I was like, now I have a, I'm right behind the security vehicle. And I'm looking right at the security guy, and the guy he kind of stepped out of his, his pickup truck, and he was kind of looking around, wondering where the scream was coming from, I think. And I had to sound it. So I grabbed her, and I, I pushed her down, and I killed her right there. I just strangled her. I said, I'm not going to put up with this shit. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't afford to have a report on something like that happen, of, of something happening, because I was in a, I, I drove for a company that had a snitch policy that would, if I had a, a person riding in my vehicle that was not uh, allowed to be there, um, I could get fired from my, my company, and I didn't want to do that. So I'd rather, I, I didn't want any anything to happen along the way. And this little incident happened, and, and uh, so you know, I found it best to just get rid of her instead of have to deal with someone filling out a report that uh, I startled this girl while One she was sleeping in And so, yeah, and so I'll call you right back. All right, man. Talk to you in a minute. Mm, bye-bye. All right, boys and girls, remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. Log on to Facebook and join Citizens of Brutal Nation. You know, interact with us. Shoot the shit. Talk about the cases. I don't care. Hell, call me an asshole. That's all good. This show's copyrighted 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. And if you're hearing this on anybody else's podcast or show, they're lying, thieving bastards. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. <laughs>